Hey guys, welcome to Treat Up Podcast with hosts Kevin Atwood and Stephen Skaggs. Brought to you by Wild Leg Productions. Hey guys, welcome back to Treat Up. And tonight we're excited to have the privilege to sit down and talk with Mr. Levi Johnson, or better known on YouTube as Dogging with Levi. Levi, Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you could go ahead and let the folks know a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm I'm a Levi Johnson. I'm from I'm the fourth generation Montanan. My family ranched forever. I've always lived here, and I've loved hunting and fishing, and I've always been big into predator hunting and and especially coyote hunting. And the uh, passions really started from. Uh, my great grandparents and my grandparents were uh, big sheep farmers out here, more or uh, sheep ranchers more than farmers. And okay. Every year in August, I can remember them talking about the the uh, coyotes and their pups raising hell with their lambs, killing lambs or hurting them enough where they couldn't sell them and ship them. So I always just wanted to hunt the coyotes all the time, and and especially you know in the summertime because that's when uh, they were seeing the biggest effect from them was was from that and and the passion for this decoy just really hit me like in the in the late two or i mean like the early 2000s around eight and nine 2008 and nine and okay i've just been going great guns with it since you've got um we'll just go ahead and, and jump into the dogs real quick tell everybody what kind of what kind of dogs you use to hunt these coyotes with I got these, I got a cur dogs, mountain cur dogs. The uh, very first cur I ever got was a, from a good friend of mine. He, 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 uh, he actually lived right here in the same town I lived in. And he was watching uh, a, a VHS tape back in the late 80s of a guy named Don Lobach from Elk Inc. out of Gardner, Montana. He was hunting a cows with these dogs and I was just, I was sitting there watching at his house and I was like, what is this? He said, oh, this guy hunts, he hunts these cows in the summertime when they're, you know, when they're raising pups and, and, uh, you know, they're just very uh, territorial that time of year. And yeah. so I was watching it and carrying on and, and I said, what kind of dogs? And he says, well, he said, these camera curs, he says, in fact, he says, I, I have some. And he said, I, uh, uh, he said, I have a, some uh, pups. Well, well, I was hooked. I had to. I had to have one. So we got our first pup, and it was Desi. And I, I and I never told my wife. I just got it. And my wife was actually at her parents down in Wyoming. I said, "Hey, I got a a birthday present or something for it or a surprise because her birthday is in December, and I got this dog in April from him." <laughs> so anyway, she come home. And of course, she fell in love with them. There's just such good dogs. I mean, just in general, they're just awesome family dogs you know and oh yeah so so it's just that's where it started it i think it was 2008 when i got desi and and went out you know of course i mean we got lots of coyotes and then uh, like i mean honestly the best time to to really thin your cop population for the ranchers and the farmers is in the summertime and mm-hmm. even the sportsmen you know yeah. you're saving so many birds and deer fawns and antelope fawns and oh yeah and these guys that calve late and, you know, that, you know, the guy that's the, for the cattle guy too. I mean, we, you know, since this thing is growing for us to where it is now, we, uh, we do a lot of work for ranchers now. And then, uh, and, you know, honestly, we do a lot of work for outfitters too. They'll have us come in and, you know, 
I'll knock them down because ultimately everybody wants to hunt them in in the winter time when the furs were some and i totally understand that why they mm-hmm. do that but the, but to really help the i feel the ecosystem and it's with its bird population and and the rancher and the farmer and the sportsman and all that you need to be hunting these from like june to august in september and, okay. and that's what we do yeah and that's where we started and i've always remembered i just was like I always remember my great grandparents and, and my grandparents. They ranched here for years. They still, they, they're. I mean, our family is still on them places today. There isn't no more sheep on those places, but they just cuss the coyotes in the late July and early August because they're teaching their pups how to hunt. And yeah, I mean, they can go in and kill a lot of. Well, they can kill a lot of uh, lambs in a in a short time, you know. So, oh, yeah. very frustrating to watch that. Yeah, and that's another great aspect of that sport is you know even around here we have guys that uh trap a lot and 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 hunt as well but most of your farmers or any landowners in general are more than welcome to say yes please please come on and 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 hunt coyotes all you want to right exactly i mean the uh, i mean i call it god's country where i'm at Mm -hmm. all the time but the great state of montana is where you know, where I'm at, and then we're right in central Montana. We're more to the, we're like eastern, central eastern Montana. And, you know, there's not a guy around that's not going to let you hunt cows around here. I mean, oh, yeah. hunting, fishing, and outdoors is very big in our lifestyle out here we live. And, oh, yeah. And so everybody's pretty welcome to let you go and hunt coyotes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you the obvious question. Do you, how, how in the world do you go about training these dogs to do what they do? They have a chase in them. All curs I've had from when the two I've got from my buddy. So I'll just kind of give you a, I'll kind of give you just a background of how. Sure. So we got our first pop from, from this good friend of mine, uh, Destry Harris. And I took her out and I hunted her and she just had the natural chase. And they have a chase for everything i mean it just amazed me in fact one time you know i live in this uh, in a town about size of 200 and she got away on me one time walking her and i could hear her baying and there's an irrigation ditch that went through town here mm-hmm. and i could hear her, so i just kept following her and i went down and she had six coons in the tree six raccoons see so they just they have a tremendous nose yeah and so but i didn't want her for for that you know i wanted to just hunt coyotes so i just took her out and i mean we put in the time in the summer we just every night i got off work i would take her out there every weekend just everything and i could see her progression as she i mean these cows would just roll in in the summertime they were just on i mean they were aggressive they were loud they were talking loud you know and i would shoot multiple two three you know and i'd be like my you know, this is awesome, but I was thinking to myself, I better get another one because I might be kind of putting her in jeopardy Oh yeah, being out there by herself, you know? So I went back to my buddy Destry. I'm like, Hey man, I said, are you having any more pups? He's like, yeah, next year I'm going to have some more. So fast forward a year, then we got copper. And I mean, everybody knows copper. He was our, he was our, our second dog we got. And if you'd follow us over the years hunting with Fox Pro or our YouTube or just mm-hmm. all of our social media stuff, Copper was just unbelievable. He was just the, I called him the Michael Jordan of, of a decoy dogs because 
just unbelievable how well he could decoy and understand them. And, and a lot of that's just instinct in them. Now, I think where you have to do, and I, we get asked this a lot, and, and I train people, the dogs that I've, or the pups that we've sold, a lot of people have sent them back to me to train. And it's just basically lots of time in the, in the hills training them. They are going to chase stuff. They want to chase stuff. And so what you need to do is, in my early years, I we had shot collars on all of our dogs, Desi and Copper. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, I didn't want them chasing deer and elk and antelope and and all that stuff. And the first, the first, second or third year with Desi, I think I shocked her too much, so she got to where she didn't want to range out too much. So then fast forward, you know, to now, I I don't even hardly run collars on our dogs. I let them chase all that stuff. And then what I do is I trash break them off the deer mm-hmm. and the elk and the antelope and that stuff, but it don't take them long. Once you trash break them off that and they know what they're to do, then it's, it's lights out. And, you know, it's just a lot of time in the, in the Hills and the, you know, out here, it's just, it's a lot of time in the, on stands doing it. And they figured out, they get to where now our dogs are, you know, like a Desi and a copper both have passed away now, but, uh, you know, we had Maggie and that's the mother to all the dogs that we have sold in the, you know, in the past here, mm-hmm. the pups we've sold people. And then we have Tank and Champ and that's her pups. That's Maggie's pups. And then we have Denali. And, and then, so, I mean, it's just a lot of time in stands. And I tell everybody, these dogs are just like us as hunters. Every time they go out, they get a little better at what they're doing. You know, I mean, oh, it, yeah. it's an experience. You got to just get experience underneath them, and and they're gonna make some mistakes. And I've like just training them over the years, and even my own dog. You know, you'll go out one day with them, and you'll think, "Oh my God, they got it! This is awesome!" And then the next day, they'd be like, "You didn't even know what's going on." Sometimes, so mm-hmm. it's just a lot of time and a lot of stands. You know, I say. You know, they're a lot like a bird dog or a lab or something, you know, by the time they're, they're three or four, they they'll, they'll have it down good, you know, mm-hmm. but it takes, there's a lot of, you got to discipline them. The one thing I don't, I, that we are very, very strict on here is discipline as far as just obedience discipline, like come here and, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily tell my dogs to stay cause I want them out, mm-hmm. you know, they're out in the hills and stuff and looking for coyotes, but you know, just the discipline of, of a getting in the back pickup and staying, not jumping out and just that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, it's, is the stuff that we, as far as the really obedience that we have on them, but oh yeah, just a lot of time in the stands, man. It's just, you got to get them out on coyote stands and get them looking. And my dogs now either they go by sight, smell, or actually hearing them. And yeah. And so if they smell or see them or hear them, they, they go out to them, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's a lot of time in the stands. I mean, I tell everybody there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears put into getting them where they're at. But once you get them to where they know what's going on, then it's, it's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've noticed on your videos, not that amazed me, but at the same time, I guess you don't necessarily need the tracking aspect of a collar, but I've noticed you, from the videos I've seen, typically you don't run collars on your dogs. And also it amazes me that you, you see a lot of videos where these calls are drawing in either like mule deer or deer or other game. And the dogs don't react to that. And that just, 
that just shows the versatility and how smart these dogs are. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, the one thing too, that I, after we had a Desi and copper, we got them fixed right away. Well, then there was so much, we had so many people reach out to us to have dogs, to have puppies. So I got a female, my buddy bought a male from the same outfit, but from a different breed and, or, I mean, not a different breed, but I mean, a different, different line. Mm-hmm. So I, so we bred them and we got pups. And so the one thing I always wanted to have is because a lot of these dogs are going to become family dogs. Oh yeah. You know, people have good intentions of using them to hunt with, but ultimately they're going to be a pet in the house or a family. They're going to be part of your family. And so we wanted I didn't want any bad, any bad, uh, genes or lines of, of dogs being mean or nothing. So, you know, we bred them and I'm telling you, we, these dogs are the most wonderful disposition dogs. You, I mean, you see them on the videos, chasing coyotes and chewing coyotes and you bring them back home and they'll let a two-year-old walk in the pen, let them play with them. Yeah. You know, they're just amazing dogs. Yeah. It just amazes me how they can go to what they do to come home to be nice pets or nice family. And, and I mean, they're part of our family here, you know, oh, they're absolutely. just, we, we yeah. love them and my wife spoils them to death. And oh, and, yeah, they're amazing now. And I, it's amazing to watch the videos because the, you can tell these dogs, I don't know how else to say it, but they know what they're doing because the whole time you're out there calling, I mean, these dogs are on what I would call a high alert. I mean, they're looking around they're, I'm sure they're using their nose, their everything, but I'm sure you can tell. How often do these dogs wind these coyotes? Or is it something you use when you go out? Oh, yeah. you're. The, 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 I'm telling you what, if you guys want, if you want to hunt cows effectively, you've got to have the wind in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, the wind's in our faces. You know, we're always set up with the wind in our face. And, you know, and if we can, hopefully the sun's at our back. and and yeah, they win. I mean, a lot of times I'll be sitting there and I can just look at the dogs that if I haven't seen one, you know, yeah. cause sometimes they'll sneak in, especially if you get them kind of deep cuts and that a really deeper landscape, you know, cause if it's windy, that's what we'll go. We'll go on a lot of deep structure, you know, try to yeah. get out of the wind, but yet, yeah, they'll, I can tell they'll smell them and they'll start whining. And so I know something's getting close, you know, but I mean, typically in Montana, it's you can see for days, you know, because yeah. we're hunting big basins or big sagebrush basins or creeks and stuff, sagebrush dry creeks, and you yeah. can see them coming. But yeah, they win them. They just they they just know the game now, you know. So it's that's why I say it's so fun to when they get to the, you know, to where they're at. Like I mean, I used to coach basketball at um, at the high school level. Say it's kind of like when you take a junior high kid or a, or a freshman or sophomore kid, and they're just kind of figuring it all out. But by the time they get to that junior and senior, you know, level, they know what's going on. They've had enough experience from when they were younger to carry it over. And that's the same way with these dogs. They're just they just got to get out and learn what you want and what you don't want and. And my dogs are all in a, like they are in a pen. So when I come home, they're in a pen. I'm either hunting them or I run them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time they come out of their pen. They're not running around the, you know, the yard or they're not just tied to a chain. They're in a pen, a pretty good sized pen here where I live. Mm-hmm. And so they know either we're going running 
where we're going hunting and they know that what their agenda is, you know? And so they know if we're, if I got the dog boxes loaded up, we're going hunting. And then we got, my son's got an older pickup he left here. And, and if we jump in that, then they know we're going running. And so they're just super smart dogs, super smart dogs. Yeah. I think I I watched an episode here. I don't know, a couple days ago where I think you even mentioned, uh, you were sitting there, and I can't remember if you you watched the way they were acting or something like that, and you could tell probably it was around, but I think you maybe just said, hey, find find the coyote or where's the coyote, and uh, they took off. Yep. Do I remember that right? Yeah, like if they – so like if I see one, you know, or that's out there kind of sneaking and maybe they don't see it yet or haven't or the wind's coming, you know, they haven't smelled it through the wind, I'll just ask them. I'll just sit there and ask them that, you know. Where's yeah. the cow? Where's the cow? Where's the cow? Now they're on high alert. You know, they're like, okay, they're looking and looking and looking. And then eventually they'll find it or wind it. And, yeah. and then out they'll go to it, you know? Yeah. Well, how, what age do you let these dogs start? We, we talk about that a lot with squirrel <laughs> hunting and, you know, even coon dogs. But at what age are you putting these dogs out there to let them go uh, hunt with you? You know, the, all the ones I've trained and even my own, I take them out at about 11 months. Okay. Uh, I, but, but they're not by themselves, you know, I'm running them with, you know, either some of my older dogs or, mm-hmm. you know, but I just want them to get out there. Even if they sit by you, if they go out and they're not for sure, they sit by you just yeah. being out. Like I said, getting them to kennel in the back of the pickup in the, in the pet box. That's always a, a new thing a new, uh, something new for them. So you got to go through that. You know, you got to go through that cycle of teaching them, jump in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like lifting a dog in the back of a pet box, I, yeah. unless they're an old dog. But I don't want to be, I want them to jump in the back. And that's just my preference, you know. And then I want them to, you know, there's just different things we do that taking them out with you when you go hunt, even if they're not out there actual decoying them at that young age. Mm-hmm. But learning those things. So, because as I say, it's just an, one more experience that they're learning. Oh, yeah. You know, to do them things, they hear the the, the call. Uh, another big thing is, of course, now, you know, with us, all of our HS guns are uh, suppressed. Mm-hmm. Where my first two curs, uh, Desi and Copper, they we weren't. We were shooting all them guns with, they were unsuppressed, you know, and they were 243s and 2250s, and they were loud, you know. So now being suppressed, it's when they're young. Mm-hmm. It's nice because you can take them out and shoot around them and get them used to that. So yeah. there's just a lot of things that go on. You know, back to your deal about the callers. When the breakthrough I had on that one is I was actually training some pups from a guy from Kansas. Great guy by the name of Joe Ish down there bought two pups from us. And he he sent them back up at 11 months for us to train them. So we took them out, two females, just gorgeous cur dogs and I think he had had shock collars on them or something, maybe bark collars, you know, I'm not sure what he had on, but I could mm-hmm. tell when I put collars on them, they were totally different dogs. So I just, I thought, well, I'm hell, I'm just going to take the collars off. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, I wouldn't do that because what if they run away? Well, I was training them over my other two dogs. I said, oh, they ain't going to run away from the dogs I didn't. So they didn't, thank God. But <laughs> but the minute I took them collars off them, they are just like they were freed up to go do what they wanted 
so then then i was like you know so i'd let them chase rabbits and deer you know and all that i had them chasing it but 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 i had enough control on them to whistle mm-hmm. that they would oh they would come back so then and i never had any trouble with them they picked it up and then it was he loved them then you know i had them i think i, I had them six weeks the first time and he sent them back for two months the next summer yeah they're just lights out for him you know but so then so now i don't run the car especially when they're young i just kind of let them be pups and dogs yeah. and let them chase them and and then if it doesn't because ultimately what happened was i i figured out that these dogs will kind of figure out what you want them to do yeah so many people i I say you got to be, because in the heat of the moment when your dog's not listening, you have a shot call on them. Most people get mad and they zap the hell out of them. Absolutely. Well, then what that happens is, is that dog just starts hanging back, hanging back, hanging back. And so there's a fine line with your callers. I mean, now, uh, you know, it's, if you can just tone them and then if they don't come back or do what you're wanting, then lightly shock mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So... Uh, so then we just quit running the collars, but it's a funny story about the collars. So we haven't ran a collar on our dogs for ever. And this summer we've been, we were hunting hard and our tank dog and champ got out there on a pair of coyotes and they got out there and, and they wouldn't come back. I'd whistle and they'd just stand out there hmm. kind of like having a stare off with him, you know? <laughs> And so it just, it irritated me while they were getting their own, they were like, well, we're going to just start doing what we want to do. And all it took was, I told Logan, I said, we're going to put them collars on them dogs. And I said, I guarantee we'll have one stand of them not, of of, uh, wanting to stand out there and not come back. Because we've, I mean, this has been years since I've had a collar on them. Yeah. And and we have killed a lot of cows or these dogs. and, And I put the collars on them. First thing, they didn't want to come. I toned them right back to come. I took the collars back off them, and they were, they knew that. Okay, we got to get back to <laughs> back to paying attention. Yeah, yeah, you got. They're just like a kid. They're gonna yeah. test you. You know, you've got to be careful. I know. I I run a little vice. I have to be really careful with him because I I don't I've never shocked him much, and when I do, it's very lightly. But you know, it's almost right. like he gets his feelings hurt. You know, like it, it's a totally different game to him. If I if I correct him with a collar, I don't know. It, I I don't like what I get out of that, and I'm a whole lot better right. off of giving him verbal correction and verbal commands. You and I use the collar for more um, just tracking, and then you know the tone. I can tone him okay. back to me. So, but yeah, I've got to be really careful. And I've talked to other guys that are the same way, and I. I from what I gather, the cur dogs are not as much like that, but uh, you still, with any dog, you've got to be careful. I've heard of people um, having coon dogs or, or, or even squirrel dogs before, and barking in the kennel is a big issue, and they try to put a bark collar on them. And uh, I had a friend of mine, Stephen, the, well, the Stephen Skaggs that's on this episode, he got a real good, I believe it was a cur dog from a guy, but the guy previously had kept a bark collar on that dog. And just like you said, when he put a collar on that dog, it wouldn't perform. It knew, yep, you know, it's, yep. it just, it just did not, it would not let him, if he put a collar on it out in the woods, you just forget about it and it can ruin a good dog quick. What about you, you hunt a lot of open area out there in Montana, but do you ever hunt these dogs in a wooded area? You know, we don't, I, I don't, I've called into woods and pulled cows and here, it's, I mean, here we don't really hunt woods, like on bottoms. We hunt like a lot of like pine trees, timber, you know, out here 
But no, I mean, typically we don't. And the reason I don't is because that coyote, you're never going to get, he's going to, he's going to wind you so quick that you won't even see him. Okay. You know, he, in, in, in our country, now I'm not going to say, I know a lot of people, you know, will hunt down in, in them wood lots and on mm-hmm. like flatter country, but here you get up in our hills with timber and them coyotes will come two, 300 yards downwind to you. You'll never see them. The mm-hmm. dogs will never see them. Oh yeah. That's why you want, you want it open. So for visibly for your dogs to catch, to see them or wind them or, you know, it's, yeah, I don't hunt none of that. It's just not effective. You know, I, yeah. I, I want to put, I tell everybody that I want to put the advantage of hunting cows in my, in my behalf, not them. And when you hunt timber, mm-hmm. like what we got, you're putting it in their behalf and oh, it's, yeah. It don't work, and ultimately you're just educate cows. Then, yeah, the coyote is pretty smart. Oh, our cows are super smart, but our cows get hunted a lot too. I would assume they're a pretty smart animal. I, I, what's the craziest? What's some crazy stuff you've seen a coyote do? Probably the craziest thing I've seen is how close I've been to coyotes. Just because I'm sitting usually with my back against the sagebrush, or mm-hmm. you know, and I've been, I've got them up so close, and they're just screaming at them dogs, you know. You know, I know, like, the people I've taken just, because we've taken a lot of TV shows, and, and of course, you know, we've taken Fox Pro, we take Fox Pro with us, and mm-hmm. when they send out somebody new or whatever, it's just, it's, people just can't believe how these cows are just following these dogs in, yeah. and just, it blows their mind, you know, that's probably, the, you know, there's nothing super crazy, like, but that the, the, probably the engagement with my dogs and the cows is probably the crazy part of it. Mm-hmm. Cause if you really haven't, I mean, you can sit and watch it on a video, but when people sit down live and it's happening right in front of their face, they'll just get up and be like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like this coyote just uh, screaming and barking and raising. It's just a cool, it's just been a passion of ours and we love it. And then ultimately it's like anything. It's the, the duck hunter with the dog, a yellow lab or a pheasant hunter or, or your, your dogs are like, it gets to be more about your dog getting out yeah. there and working than actually you, you know, it's not about you harvesting and it's oh, about yeah. your dog getting out there and working, you know, and it's, I've never squirrel hunted. Could you, you could probably tell, how's that work with them? Yeah. Well, it's everybody listening to this episode will understand what you just said. It's, it's just about watching the dog. There's a, a place over here on our Army Corps property that they, you're not allowed to hunt. It's just basically walking trails and horse trails, biking trails. I'm okay. going to say it's probably, I, I'm going to throw a number out. It may be a couple hundred acres, but the fact that it never okay. gets hunted, the squirrels are pretty populated in there. And so I'll walk my dog in there and never even take a rifle or a shotgun. I mean, I, I don't even have a weapon on me just to let him, you know, do his thing just to let him tree and, right. and you know, so yeah, it's just, it's so much of it is just, it's an addiction. I heard somebody else describe it that way. I've done this since I was a kid and, uh, I, I had my grandpa, my father, we all, they all hunted with dogs and I you know, fell in love with it. And, uh, I've been eat up with it ever since. And I, it's just something you enjoy. And once it gets in your blood, if it, it just something you never get rid of. Really. You know, so like, I guess I, I've never done the squirrel thing. So how mm-hmm. does it work? They just, go in there and the dogs i mean they see the dogs and they go to the 
Yeah, well, I mean, explain it to me just in a nutshell. I'm kind of curious how it works. Yeah, you've got, uh, of course, your dogs are just the same as coyote or hunting a coyote. They use their eyes and their ears and their nose. Feist are, are more well known for their sight. Hey, my dog is uh, okay. your, your curs, and they've got a lot of mix. You've got dogs that have hound in them and everything, but uh, most of the curs, oh. some of them have a, you know, as you know, have a crazy nose on them and they can scent these squirrels up but what amazes me is some of these dogs differentiate from either a, a cold track to a hot track and you have a lot of dogs that oh. just tree off scent purely that squirrel will have you know okay. that squirrel have jumped up maybe the squirrel hears a dog coming through the woods a dog never even sees a squirrel but he can smell that hot track and know exactly what tree that squirrel went up last and he's going to tree oh, on that okay. tree yeah and he's going to stay there okay now. gotcha yeah now my my little dog um he does a little bit of both, but I can tell if he's treed one by scent, he's just not as confident. You know, he's going to be a little loose on the tree. He's not going to bark as okay. much. He's not going to be as excited. He's, he he doesn't really have that confidence built up yet. But if he sees that squirrel go up, man, he's 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 tight on that tree. He's really, you know, he's he's talking to it. He's letting me know it's there, and uh, he he does better with sight. But yeah, we haven't we haven't oh, okay. both ways. And then you have when the squirrel, okay. what they call timbers out. Let's say the, the, the squirrel a lot of times timber out. What they call, they'll just jump from one tree to the next. And you have dogs oh, okay. that will hang with that. You have dogs that will hang with that tree that they treat, and they won't follow the squirrel. But we have okay. a lot of guys that want our dogs to timber out. Now, my, my little dog, he'll follow that squirrel through the treetops. He'll just he'll continue. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'll continue to bark to wherever that squirrel goes. He's going to follow it. That's what I prefer. But in in competition hunting, if I'm telling it right, I don't competition hunt. But if I'm explaining this right, they'll actually um, lose points if that dog leaves the tree. So if the squirrel timbers out, they still need that dog to stay on the tree. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They want it. They want it locked huh. on. So it's 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 fun. It's it's just fun watching your dogs work and. Uh, like I said, I've never oh, been yeah. a competition hunter, but I, I've loved to go just to watch the dogs. It would be, that brings me to another question. Do you ever use your dogs at nighttime? You know, I never have. I, you know, well, actually I can be honest with you. We, we don't thermal hunt, believe it or not, but my mm -hmm. son's wanting to get into it. And I don't know if we're going to or not. I, like I said, I always tell Logan, I said, Logan, I just soon sleep at night <laughs> and see him come in the day, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I've never done it at night. People have, you know, we've had people, hey, we got thermals. Well, can we go do it? And, um, you know, the, I pray the one that probably stops me from doing it is my wife because she's so scared of them getting shot, you know, yeah. and she just says if something happens to them, mm -hmm. you'll probably be in the doghouse. So I we, I just never, I, we've just never done it. I don't know. I, I know guys that do it, but like I said, I'd, I'd rather sleep and get up early in the morning. I'm a morning guy. I love mornings. Mm -hmm. Get out there. and I mean, I'm in God's country in Montana and oh, get yeah. out and enjoy the sunrises and absolutely be out there and see, you know, I, did, I don't, you know, that's, I've never done it at night, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't coon hunt and that's a lot of the reason why, of course, I'm a retired police officer, but I've. Work my fair share oh. of third shifts and staying up late. So now I, I love my sleep. I love my nighttime. <laughs> oh, yeah. That bed's a lot more attractive. Well, thank you for, exactly. Thank you for uh, serving your oh, well, area. You. Thank you very much. That's, that's awesome, man. I need to start asking this question more on this podcast, just in general with dogs. But do you notice or do you prefer or do you see any difference between a male and a female? 
Yes, I do. And here's the, this is my opinion, but males are more hard chargers, mm-hmm. but females are more loyal. You know, the Maggie dog or our Maggie mom dog, she is such a tremendous hunter. She's, and she's just so, she, she's never off cue. She's, I never have to get after her very much discipliner she's just all they want to do is please you mm-hmm. where our, our two male dogs they'll test you I, I just think that's the difference between a male and a female and but you know i mean i i think you know i just think females are more more loyal to to you than a than a male dog mm-hmm. but but and, and i don't mean that like in any disrespect to, to male dogs i mean oh, we yeah. love our male dogs too i'm just Mm-hmm. I, I just think a female is always a little bit more, and they're not, you know, typically they're not, you know, pissing on everything and, mm-hmm. you know, showing that alpha side of everything. Absolutely. Now, well, they have, you know, the, I don't the, know. I mean, we've, we've ran them both. Yeah. Females have the mother aspect, I guess, in them. And that I'm sure that yep. spills over into, and the loyalty, you know, in any way for a female dog, you know, so in general, I could I can see that, and I I think I've heard that before. But I was I was curious as to actual performance wise, and like you said, the males are more hard chargers, and I I guess I can see that as well. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, you know it's just like I said, copper. He was and Des, you know, and then here's another thing too, just to bring up that with these dogs, they, it's it's like they're kind of a team too when they get out there. So like copper was always way out there. 100 200 yards out there wagging his tail waiting for the coyotes he'd be out there oh wow looking or seeing or trying to find them and then desi would be more kind of right in front of me well then you know and so that's how they hunted a lot together desi had tremendous vision you know so they hunted well together like that now now you fast forward with maggie tank and champ now that we hunt them guys they kind of work in a team so sometimes if tank goes out maybe champs right behind him or sometimes if tanks maybe doesn't see him and then off tank goes you know and Mm -hmm. so it i mean they work in a team like that each one works different you know that they they'll have off days you know sometimes they'll get kind of you know so it's I, I, it's, it's just fun. It's like I say, it's like, it's like your second kids almost. Mm-hmm. Cause how they, how they, how they're every day to you and all that, you know, I mean, yeah. and all dogs want to please you. I mean, even my males, they want to please you, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just one of them things that, and I think it's a preference. I think some people would rather have males or some people yeah. would rather have, I just don't know. I, you know, I, I just think, like I said, I've hunted over all of them and trained them, and you know the females just a more loyal aspect to it. But they're both great dogs, and these cur dogs are just amazing. I can't say it enough how great family dogs they are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's just unbelievable. We like when we were, you know, I mean we haven't had any pups for the last couple of years because our vet told us Maggie probably shouldn't have any more, so we have a so uh, we kept a female out of her. Mm-hmm. and we're trying to get her going hunting here before we start having pups out of her. But, I mean, we sold pups all over the United States, and people get in touch with us and go, thank you for, for you know, for selling us a pup. And, of course, my first thing is, is well, how are they hunting? Yeah. Oh, they're good, but, man, our kids love it. Or yeah. I don't know what I would do without 
you know, and that's all dogs in general, but, you know, when you go from a hunting dog, people see what out there squaring off against a coyote, and then next thing you know, they're snuggled up with a five-year-old on the couch. I just, it's amazing how they know what to do, and so it's fun. It's been a fun ride for us, and, you know, we're going to continue to keep doing it. We, you know, we'll start in the Middle to, it's middle to the end of May because we're big turkey hunters, so we'll hunt turkeys, then we'll jump right into decoying coyotes. Yeah. We'll go till the 15th of August, you know. For three months, you know, three and a half months, we're going hard. Yeah. And so by the time we get done with that, you know, we're kind of wanting to kick away from the coyote hunt, and then we get into archery season here in Montana. And, oh, yeah. And the dogs are getting tired by that time. You know, they're... You know, they're, they're going hard, and they put a lot. I always said I wish I could put a walk meter on them dogs see, or a step meter, see how many <laughs> steps they take. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be, that, be – That's probably yet to come. You'll probably have to buy a collar for it, but that's <clears throat> that's probably well on the way. How many dogs do you hunt at a time? Well, I always hunt two. I, I've hunted just Maggie by herself, and, and the only reason why I hunted her, she's seasoned. You know, she's a seasoned – uh, dog as far as decoying and and a Maggie's not one to get out there you know mm-hmm. eight nine hundred a thousand yards I mean she'll go out there wow. but like with copper I I didn't ever want him to hunt him by himself because he'd get over the ridge and you know and then if the cows got him down but yeah you know and and that's why I always ran collars when I first started because that's one of the things Don a law box from Elk Inc. told me he said do not let them cows get your dog pulled over a ridge where you can't see them he said because yeah they'll get him they'll get them stretched out and you know I've never had my dog tip I've never I've only seen one dog fight out of my or a dog and a cow fight out of all the years doing this because mm-hmm. typically what they're going to do them cows are going to run away barking or they might just have an, a standoff down there but when I whistle Mm-hmm. And and so my dogs start coming back. That's when them cows are racing and they try hamstringing them. They'll try to bite them in the back of the, their back legs and hamstring them, you know, like they yeah. would a an antelope fawn or a deer fawn or, or a doe or that's how they do it. And then yeah. they, then the pair is going to work them and get them down and, you know, eventually kill them. But mm-hmm. we never had that. I mean, I've, I don't know how many, cows we've decoyed over the years and i we never have that you know and i don't want them fighting yeah yeah. you know i don't want them fighting because they get problem is they get bit and i learned that quick i had a friend of mine shot a 223 and he wounded more than he than he killed and my dogs are always because they'll you know if you've watched our videos they're they're a reward is to go Oh yeah. Chew on that coyote. It's kind of like a duck dog retrieving a duck or a mm-hmm. lab retrieving a pheasant or whatever. Well, that was their reward to go chew on it. Well, they'd dive in there to in the sagebrush to go chew on what they thought's a dead coyote and he'd be alive and they'd get their nose bit and stuff. And so ultimately you'd have to give them, you know, some pills from the vet cause their nose was swelled up. I don't want them fighting at all. And and then now we actually tell people just break them down, shoot them right in the front shoulder. Yeah. so many guys that that hunt, they're always they got that pelt mentality, you know. They're well, you know, I'm mean, I'm not going to shoot them in the shoulder because there's going to be a big hole there, and mm-hmm. it's just it's in your human mind to not want to sh- you know shoot them there because the, most cow hunters are are actually hunting them for the fur, the pelts. Well, we've just learned to 
and you know that time of year they're not worth nothing the fur's not worth nothing so we just been hammering them or try to hammer them in the front shoulder break them down that way there's no dog fighting and no vet bills and all that but yeah been pretty good here the last four or five years we haven't had any so you never lost a dog doing this no i've never have i've never had a dog get in a fight with another cow as far as an i mean one little like a yip yip but not mm-hmm. like you know not not like two domestic dogs fighting i've never had it happen yeah probably that is a downside of hunting the, the feist dogs because they're smaller uh my little dog probably weighs he's he's at under 30 pounds and i know i can think of twice uh let's see yeah twice in about the last year and a half that you know he's hightailed it back to me had a coyote on his backside oh. you know? yeah just right on right hot on his and i've I've been fortunate. I've killed one that was doing it, but most of the time, uh, like you, the coyotes are smart. They'll wind you or see you long before they ever get to yeah. you. Ever now, the one that uh, the one that I shot, he he was just zeroed in and he didn't he didn't pay attention to me, and I was able to I took oh, him okay. out. But yeah, most of the time they'll they'll see you and they'll they'll drop back well before they they ever get to you. But that that's the downside of hunting the smaller dogs. So I could definitely yeah definitely see where the cur dog would come in handy. Yeah, they, you know, and the thing is with curs too, is, uh, they're long and kind of, I mean, they're just kind of long and slender built type. And so, I mean, you need a dog that can go, mm-hmm. you know, long, long days. And our tank dog's actually kind of little, he's almost too muscly, I think at times, because he just, I think he gets played out, you know, but yeah, I mean, if, if I had to pick a, uh, just a stereotype of a coyote dog from a cur it's copper mm-hmm. his how he's his built his long legs his he's a slender looking dog you know you don't want a big heavy dog to go out and decoy i mean maybe we're if you're decoying only 200 acres but out here we're deep we're hunting big country you know they might you know they're gonna put on a lot of miles within the day oh, yeah. so I, you you can't have them big and bulky because they're going to tire out so quick yeah that's what's that's a lot of the same thing here i know the guys uh, a lot of guys will get their dogs ready for the season they'll walk them on a treadmill or you know swim them any number of things to, okay to trim them up a little bit uh I, funny story i know my little dog like i said he's not he, he's a little petite dog i'm an electrician now so i've been working late and, and my wife had been taking care of feeding Chaco. I get him out of the pen. Okay. It's probably a couple of weeks had went by or maybe more. And so we get him out of the pen and my wife's in the truck waiting on me. And I'm walking him through the yard to go put him in the bo- the dog box. And she heard me. I was like, Machaco, yeah, you have got fat. You know, I didn't understand it. Cause I'm like, I feed you the same diet every day. So right. why, why are you gaining weight? <laughs> and so I get in the truck and uh, she's like, did you say he was getting fat? And I'm like, yeah, he's gained some weight. And I'm like, what are you feeding him? And she's like, well, you know, I have a cup down here that I have marked, and I just keep it marked. That way it's consistent. I know how much you get. She had been filling the cup up. Oh. <laughs> she, so he was getting, yeah. yeah, he was, man, he was putting it away. And I was like, I'm going to have to work that off here. But she, so we got tickled uh-huh. over that. I was like, he's been living living large here for these last couple of weeks. Uh, that happens with ours, too. My wife actually has a cup that we feed. I mean, we have a gallon bucket but we put the dog food in it and then there's a cup she's got and we feed them two of them in the morning and two in the evening and and i think too a lot of things too with these curves too especially and i i say this to anybody that's that's ask us a lot because we get a lot of questions just 
about our about our everyday life with them and i mm-hmm. tell everybody if you can afford to feed a a good dog food do it i fed some some cheap dog food when i first started and they crap it out and they mm-hmm. don't they're not healthy their hair's not healthy and i've just come to the the thing that works with us is the uh prena pro plan sport and oh yeah they're healthy and you don't and the thing is you don't have to feed very much of it for mm-hmm. them to be healthy yeah yep. you know it might be a little more money but you're bag of dog food lasts longer you know and we so, we, we talked about that i think um on the well this episode coming up saturday we talked about that with a guy you know he's like if i number one i've put a lot of time into these dogs so i you know i do want to give them the best and i think he feeds purina pro plan but he he yeah he keeps his dog it's like a they're, they're the kennel is very neat he has to clean it and he's like i even noticed a difference when i feed the good dog food to how much oh, they're yeah. using the bathroom how messy it is and, you know, he's like, there is a significant difference. And you hear, uh, and I don't, I'm not advertising for Purina Pro Plan, but you hear a lot of good things about that dog food. So I, I don't think oh, I've ever heard, you can hear bad things about every, if you read reviews, you'll find a bad one, oh, yeah. all of them. But uh, across the board, you hear really good things about that dog food. And you pay so much for these dogs and spend so much time working them and getting them where you want it to be. It only makes sense to, you know, they're, to invest in good dog food right they i fed uh i fed a cheaper one one time and you know you're talking about it so i have a i'm kind of ocd for being clean Mm -hmm. clean person and clean like just my house and to me it's very depressing to go into somebody's dogs and they there's dog crap laying all over in their pen Mm -hmm. it's just because to me it's like you know they can't i mean you know they can't clean up after themselves no so I mean, my dog pen is as clean as the day is long. Mm-hmm. It's we have a little bucket that sits out right in front. Of me and my wife, every morning and evening, we go and you know pick up any any mess that's in there. Mm-hmm. The another beauty thing. So I treat my dogs kind of like I've always said. I kind of treat them like athletes as far as I run them. So like now we're we're busy in the archery season and then rifle season will start. You know we're not hunting coyotes at all. We don't hunt until we'll start back up in the winter but we won't use the dogs when you run your dogs if you run them consistently every day your dogs will literally wait for you to run them before they do their duty i've watched that over and i've watched that over and over i just i run them out here on a guy's property right close to town i live in and they'll run out in the field and they'll do their business and you know i think that's another thing from good dog food i think a lot i I think a lot of that cheap dog food just runs through them. They're not getting nothing from it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that, that was the point he made is, you know, when it's that messy and you're having to clean up that much, how much benefit is the dog getting out of this? You know, right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I agree. It's going with right that. through them. So yeah, I can totally, totally see that. And how, how many dogs do you have right now in your kennel? Do you keep a lot of dogs? Well, right now we have, we have three in our kennel, um, Maggie tank and champ. So Maggie's the mother, her two kids are Tank and Champ, and then Denali is the one we kept. She's the female out of Maggie. She'd be a sister to Tank and Champ. And my wife is was supposed to put her out in the kennel with them this spring, and, well, she's still sitting in the house with, so I don't know who's having the, I don't know who's really going through the uh, separation problems, if it's the dog or the wife. That's but I do feel... And I, I, she is going to go out in the kennel, but I do feel that 
if your dog is with, like if she's with them dogs out there all the time, she'll be a better hunter because mm-hmm. she's going to be with them, yeah. run with them, sleep with them. We want to be like, if they're out going after Kyle, she's going to want to be with them. And here mm-hmm. she's kind of with us. She kind of thinks, you know, well, I'm with these guys. So that's a big thing. I mean, in our kennels, you know, there it gets cold in Montana, but you know, we just straw the, we just put really good, clean straw in their dog houses and mm-hmm. feed them good dog food. Make sure they have water every day when it's cold. Dump their ice out and fill, refill up, and they get by. I mean, our dog. I mean, Copper lived to be thirteen, or no, let's see, Copper was twelve, I think, and I think Desi was fourteen. They never spend a day in the house so if you take care of them outside and yeah. give them good warm food and stuff they they last in these cold montana winters and then i'm actually mine's i have a lean to where my dogs are and so a lot of that harsh wind is cut because it's there's a lean to there and then of course their dog foods and mm-hmm. or i mean their their dog houses are got lots of straw and so yeah we take very good care of them even when they're outside so that's so great. we only we have the four cur dogs is what we have right now that's great and you breed your own dogs is that right yeah we've bred them and like i said we'll probably i have to get a male because the male that i was using actually passed away so if if destry would happen to get another male i'd probably breed to his but if not we'll probably get one and breeder and then go from there my wife have always has always taken care of the pups i mean she she really loves doing it and she loves them but it's you know but she so we have so many puppies from each summer well my wife's a school teacher so okay. most of her summer was taken up raising pups uh-huh. and so she just wanted to have a break and then the vet even said you know i don't think you should breed maggie anymore because she's just kind of getting to the age where you could be having some troubles and yeah and we just decided not to. And then from my wife, just wanting to have some summers to herself. So I think, you know, down the road here, we'll probably breed Denali again. Or I'm not again. We'll try breeding her and, uh, you know, get some pups out of her. We got to find a male first. But, yeah. you know, she's only a year and a half, so she's pretty young yet. So Do you know uh, a big thing in the squirrel dog, coon dog community, or, or any most dogs in general, do you know a uh, a bloodline like a specific like your what bloodline your dogs come from do you stick with a certain bloodline or are you looking for a, a certain breeder you know i got uh, maggie from uh i think his name was rory panel in illinois okay panel tree i think it was panel tree mountain curves or some old an older gentleman i don't know if he's still alive today or not but mm-hmm. he had he raised a pile of mountain curves down there and that's where Destry had got his and so i'd got one and it was quite a tr- it was a it's funny how we got maggie so i called Roy and and it's just like he, he was just a good old guy and yeah i got one and he says you know he hunted a lot of squirrels with his and mm-hmm. and uh i was telling him what i was doing oh yeah i'd be neat i'd like to see that so i think he did get to watch some of our videos but I think his son-in-law was going hunting, elk hunting in Colorado. And he said, I'm going to send this female with you. He just picked one out for me. Yeah. He sent it with them. My wife's cousin 
went to Cheyenne, Wyoming and met him and picked it up. I believe that's how the story goes. And then my wife went down to Cheyenne and picked the pup up. So that pup had quite a trip getting up here, but, <laughs> yeah, but that. she's just, she, she's a sweetheart. We like I say we do, we love all our dogs, but, but that's where we got it. And I registered, they were registered and we had a, a kind of an overall on our house here. We had a, uh, like an addition put on and shuffled stuff around and i don't know where that bloodline stuff went but oh yeah it's here somewhere but i never registered them ever you know i yeah. just just sold them as what they were but but i never registered them but yeah there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good dogs you know i mean ours are 100 percent cur yeah. i don't they don't have nothing else in them you know i don't i don't want to breed that to a some other breed you know yeah. and try to have some half and half deal but because yeah. I just always want to keep the cur like I want to keep their personality. I tell everybody they're like a yellow lab with a bobtail. Oh yeah, well they they, they look, your dogs look very similar to that. Uh, they right. they look a lot like a yellow lab, and it, honestly, it sounds like uh, what you're doing is working. So I don't I don't think I'd change that up either. No, we're not. We're just gonna like say we're we'll probably have some here down the road. My wife's getting somewhat close to retirement from teaching and so when she does that she the the hardest part for her is you know we we always kept them seven to eight weeks mm -hmm. and then we the owners would come get them and she would have a hard time getting rid of them yeah, yeah you know one and i'd be because she gets attached to them yeah. and then it's hard for her and, oh yeah you know so you know one yeah. time i told her kate they're here to get their puppy I know. I said, we'll give him the puppy to him. <laughs> like she was just holding the puppy and wouldn't yeah. want to give it to him. <laughs> but I think yeah. she cries at everyone that leaves, but, yeah. but she gets older. Yeah. Well, you, you do get attached to them, but, uh, it's, it's good to know that if anybody, even in any state is, is, this is something they're interested in that probably the camera cur or the cur dog in general is a good option to look at anybody listening check out. Uh, dogging with Levi on YouTube, and you the, the dogs speak for themselves. It's it's just amazing to watch these dogs work. And like I said before, it speaks to the it speaks volumes to how smart these dogs are and how they can learn to you know they can adapt. It seems like to any situation, whatever you want them to do, takes a little time to teach them, and and they'll pick it up and do it. And they're wanting to please you. You know these dogs are eager to please. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, you know, back to what you just said. Well, actually, two things. The one on on a YouTube, dogging with Levi Johnson is our is our is our YouTube channel. There is a dogging with Levi. That's one that we started, and then okay, then we're dogging with Levi Johnson now. But back to to what you're about training them. This is a is it's funny you said that, and I'm glad you said that. We actually sold a pup to a guy in South Dakota that hunts pheasants with it. He has pheasants hunt, and then actually. Destry Harris, the guy that I actually got these pups from, or the first two when we started this, and then his male was breeding our female. He runs all mountain lions with his raccoons and mountain lions. Wow. He don't even hunt coyotes with them. He just he's treated up quite a few mountain lions with his with his cur dogs. Yeah, it's it's bred into him. I I had the uh, gentleman on a few episodes ago, and he was talking about. Uh, a uh, gentleman that, had, if I'm telling it right, I believe it got a dog off of him and something had took place. The dog was around seven years old. This was a squirrel dog. 
never been hunted okay. in its life. Never been hunted. It, this dog, if I'm telling you right, I have to go back and listen, but this dog had been a basically a house dog for seven years. Okay. And something happened one day, and the dog got separation anxiety and done a pretty good amount of damage in the home that it was in. And so okay. they got rid of the dog. Somebody else took the dog. It was interested in, I guess, to see if it would hunt. And yep. in the time frame that they had this dog in a matter of weeks, he said this dog was treeing like it had done it all his life. Uh-huh. And, you know, I so believe it. It, it, it. it just goes to show you, you know, it's ne- it's really never too late as long as they have the ability to, to get out and work at it. You know, they these dogs, it's bred into them. You know, so it's just like you're, your you're dog. exactly right. Just like your dog treed the coons. You know, it's they've got it. It's it's in them. We just got to do everything we can to to be there for them and help them bring it out. And they'll they'll like you said, they're eager to please and they're just fun to watch. But if uh, right, if, yep. if somebody's interested in getting into this, I believe you have a a website they can contact you. Yep, yeah. If you go to doggingwithlevi dot com. Uh, you can get a hold of me there. That's our website. And then uh, Dogging with Levi on Facebook and Instagram, you can message us. The only one that's different is the YouTube, and it's Dogging with Levi Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, if you guys want to watch what we do, we're on Carbon TV and Waypoint TV and and then Facebook and, and of course, uh, and then a YouTube. And, you know, we're – we're just been pumped. We had a lot of new videos come out this year. My son got them all edited up, and so they're going to be going great guns. And awesome, yeah, we're looking. If you guys check them out, and and I will. If you guys, if if the people listening, if you reach out, if you're like, if you are trying to train one, or if you need some, you know, if you have some questions, just please reach out to us. You know, yeah. through social media or through our website, and I'll be happy to help you. Awesome. That is great. Well, Levi, I've kept you on here an hour. If you'll hang on real quick, let me end the podcast and I'll get back right, get right back with you. Okay. Guys, thanks so much for listening. And like I said, check him out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You're going to learn a lot and watch these dogs work. You're going to appreciate it. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll tune in next week. Guys, thanks for listening. Please take time to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and tune in next week for another show of Treat Up Podcast.